This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Oh, well, friends, this is the final teaching in our series, Take Heart, today. So if you're jumping in and you're brand new, um, just want to encourage you, this is a series that we have online if you want to go back and catch, catch up with it. But we've been taking a look at this phrase that Jesus uses consistently in his life with the people around him. And whenever he says this words, these words, this, this idea of take heart, he's trying to encourage and call people into something more, this good news that he has for them. And so it's, it's interesting when you catch someone's catchphrase and you begin to like use it in your own life. I don't know if that's ever happened. Like, have you ever looked up to someone in your story and you just were like, I, I want to be like them. And so you tried to imitate them and emulate them. Did, did you ever do that? Even maybe as a little kid? I remember when I was a kid, I loved this guy, Rocky Balboa. And I just remember, like, I wanted to be like him. I just remember watching the first movie. And then especially when I was a kid, like, Rocky Four came out. And it was like, oh, yeah, like, I'm going to take Drago down. And so I remember, like, for a hot minute one summer, I'm like, I'm going to be Rocky. And I just walked around the house all day just going, yo, mom, yo, yo, mom, mom, yo, yo, yo. And I just remember, it didn't take very long before I realized that she was getting annoyed with me. And I was getting annoyed with me. And so I realized that's not probably the best thing for me to be doing. But you know you admire this guy at some point. Because did you ever do this? Look at this next picture. Did you ever do this at any point in your life? Have you ever been in a workout scenario where you got to the top of the stairs and you're like, dun, dun, dun? Yes, right? Because there's something inspiring about him. And you're like, oh, I want to be like that. Because I think there's something about this. That when, when you look at someone's life, when you admire them, when you lean in, and you take a look at them long enough, what happens is that eventually that person is going to have influence in your life, right? Like Christy and I experienced this in our adventure in Canada when we lived up there amongst our Canadian friends. And let me just tell you, as an American, I'm so grateful they are our northern neighbors. Like that, like we we don't always think of it because we're so south down here. And, you know, like it's just so good that they're our northern neighbors. But as we spent time with them, we began to realize we started to emulate them because we just hung out with them and we liked them. And so we realized that life's not a process, it's a process. And it's time to go outside, right? Like, and so I remember we came back after several years and just hung out with some old friends and they're like, you sound different. And just, we had just caught up with them. And then it was really funny when we moved back here to California, I remember like suddenly I would hear Christy start talking and she would be saying these phrases and then she would end it with, hey, which was like her version of the Canadian A. And I was just, and I just, I remember like, I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, well, that's how I always talk. I'm like, no, you didn't always talk. <laughs> like they had influence on your life. And, and it's just fun. Like when that's a good person that you've discovered, man, it's such a good thing to, to want to become like them, to, to realize that like hey, what's going on in that person's life. Those are things that I, I want to be true of my own life. And I think that's so especially true of Jesus. Like when we look at him and his life, we discover who he is and we begin to, to look to him as a guide. We begin to look to him as the one who teaches us how life works. He should have influence in our life. He should have influence in our story. And the more we lean in and listen to him and the more we seek to discover who he is and what life's all about in light of him, the more we walk with him, the more we let his words shape our lives He should have influence in our story. And that's a good thing. And his thoughts in time become our thoughts. And his ways become 
our ways and his words become our words. And so in this series, we've been taking a look at this phrase that Jesus has used over and over as you look at his life, this, this phrase, take heart. And it's so powerful whenever Jesus would show up in a person's story and he would give these words of life and hope and encouragement because whatever was going on in their story, it's like, hey, take heart. I'm here. I'm bigger. I'm for you. We'll get through this. I've got life for you. And and when Jesus uses these words, it's like, oh, okay, I'm not alone. And there's someone at work in my story, and I have the hope of something greater. And so today what we're going to see in the story that we're going to look at is that Jesus' catchphrase is going to be used, but he's not the one who's going to use it. It's going to be the people closest to him that are going to use his catchphrase to invite someone to encounter Jesus. And it's so cool to see, to realize that, hey, his phrase could actually become our phrase as we begin to get to know him in our life and story. And so let's jump into the story. We read it in one of the accounts of the life of Jesus, this guy Mark, who writes one of the stories of, of Jesus. And in Mark chapter 10, we, we read this story about Jesus and his followers, and, and they're on their way to the holy city of Jerusalem. So they're getting ready for the spectacular holiday that they would have celebrated as Jewish people living in the first century. And so Jesus is on this journey with them, and they're, they're, they stop at this little place called Jericho. And it says, then they reach Jericho, and as Jesus and his disciples left town, a large crowd followed him. And a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, son of Timaeus, was sitting beside the road. Now just real quick sidebar, this is what's really interesting. Mark's account here, he, he's not just saying some dude, he's actually saying his name and his father's name, which helps us clue in like this is actually an historical account. This isn't just made up stuff centuries later. Because Mark was writing this because he knew who the people were. And the people he was writing to would have known this guy, right? And so some of them were like, is this just made up? Like, that's a little clue. Like, no, this isn't just made up stuff. This is history we're reading, the life of Jesus. And so Bartimaeus is on the side of the road. And when Bartimaeus heard that Jesus of Nazareth was nearby, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So what, what do you think Bartimaeus is hoping for in this moment? Like, is he looking for an autograph? Like, like is this, like, is he collecting, like, cool prophets, trading cards? Like, no, what? Like, what do you think he wants? He wants Jesus to change his life, right? He's wanting Jesus to show up and do something incredible because he knows who this guy is. He's heard the stories that this is the Jesus that turns people's lives around. And I've got something in my life that I need help with. And Jesus, can you do something in my story? So have mercy on me. Be quiet, many of the people yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. And this is what, like, it's interesting to note, like, here he is, and this crowd's gathered around as Jesus is moving through town, and he's crying out for help, and then people are telling him, shut up, dude, shut up, dude. And have you just ever experienced that? Like, like the more you tried to step towards something good in your life, there were just some, some haters or, like, cancel culture around you that's just trying to shut you down, and you're like, no, 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 this is really good. And what I love about Bartimaeus, he's not listening to those voices. He's not let anyone come in between him and his hope of who Jesus can be in his story. And so I just want to encourage you, as you're trying to discover the life that God has for you, if you've got people in your story that are just naysayers, just yell louder than them. Be like, no, I want Jesus. So Jesus, come and help me. Jesus, have mercy on me. And so when Jesus heard him, he stopped and said, tell him to come here. And so they called the blind man. Cheer up, they said. Come on, he's calling you. And Bartimaeus threw aside his coat, jumped up, and came to Jesus. And so here's what's so cool. That phrase that we see here translated cheer up 
is Jesus' catchphrase. In the original language, it was that, that, that Greek language he used. And so the phrase that sometimes translates, like, take heart. And so Jesus sees Bartimaeus calling out to him. And so he says to those closest around him, hey, tell him to come here. And so those closest to Jesus suddenly say, dude, take heart. Like, cheer up. Jesus is calling you. Come here. He's got something good for you. And I love this, that those closest to Jesus are the ones that used his phrase to invite someone else to come close to Jesus. There's something powerful in that we're going to unpack this morning. Don't miss that. And yet it's interesting to me that Jesus didn't say this to Bartimaeus. Jesus doesn't call Bartimaeus to come to him. Instead, he calls those closest to him to call Bartimaeus to come to him. Again, there's just something really interesting in that. Because Jesus could have easily yelled, dude, over here, follow my voice. Jesus could have just simply walked over to him. But instead, Jesus did something different in this instance. And he invited those closest to him to invite him to come to him. And that's just something really cool about that. We're going to look at this a little bit later. And so Bartimaeus comes over and he says, Jesus says, hey, what do you want me to do for you? Jesus asked. Kind of a silly question, right? Because what do you think he wants? Change my life. I want to see. I want to see Jesus. And and I love that Jesus asked that question. Have you ever envisioned him asking you that question in your story? As you begin to encounter him and discover him at work in your life, and have you just ever like just sat down and envisioned yourself talking with Jesus, and Jesus is just simply saying, what do you want me to do for you? And I love that there's a freedom for us when we begin to encounter Jesus to just ask. Jesus, I want you to move in my story. I, I, I want you to, ch- to change my circumstance. I want you to help me. I want you to do something incredible for me. And I love that we see Jesus' interaction here because I think sometimes we're like, like, especially if you come from a really religious background, like, like it's just this high and holy God who's so far away, and yet Jesus came to be with us. And I love that invitation. Hey, what do you want me to do for you? And to just step into that moment with him and say, Jesus, I, I need your help. Would you show up in my story? And so his response, my rabbi, which, which means teacher, the blind man said, I want to see. And Jesus said, go, for your faith has healed you. And instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus down the road. And I, and I love this because when Jesus shows up in your story and he begins to do something incredible, he begins to change your life, your response is, I want more of this. And I, I, I'm just going to follow you. Like Bartimaeus is like, I, I don't know where you're headed, but I'm with you now because you've done something in my life. And that's what it's so incredible about encountering Jesus and he begins to change your life. You want to follow him. And yet what I love about this story is, is seeing why Bartimaeus came to Jesus. He had hope that this Jesus could maybe change his story. But the reason Bartimaeus comes to Jesus isn't because Jesus calls Bartimaeus to come to him. It's because Jesus calls those around him to call Bartimaeus to come to him. And I think there's something powerful in that for us to understand as we begin to discover Jesus has done something incredible in our lives, that as he comes to each of us on our own journey and says, take heart and invites us into life with him, maybe he wants us to now join him in his movement and use his words of hope for the people around us in our story. Because I think there's something incredible as we look at this that is, we see that there's something important to catch about this. And, and it's that our words matter. The words we use in the relationships around us, the words we use with other people, they matter because our words have weight and they have impact in another person's life. 
Like when you just look at some of the, the, the wisdom literature in the scriptures, what we call the Proverbs, it's kind of like the fortune cookies of the Bible. Like it speaks so much about this, the power of words. Look at some of these Proverbs here. Proverbs twelve eighteen. it says this. Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring what? Healing. Like our words matter. Like with our words, we could tear someone apart or we could bring them healing. Here's another one. Proverbs 15, 4. Gentle words are a tree of life and a deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Do you see that, see that the same tongue has the ability to do both things? Our words matter. Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Man, our words matter. And I don't know if you've realized that. Like, I know in my own life, in my own journey, like I'm the youngest in my family. Like Jesus will say this phrase, he goes, a prophet has no honor in his hometown because people weren't listening to him one day and it was his own hometown that was ignoring him. And so I've just, I've always felt like that as a kid growing up in my family. Like, it, like it doesn't matter what I say. My words don't, like my older brother, my, like no one listens to me. Any younger siblings, you know that? Right, younger siblings, we have it the roughest too, don't we? Right. All the older siblings like, no, you don't. I had to, I had to pay, right, yeah. But I'm just, as a, as a younger sibling, I just always felt like, like, what difference do my words make? No one listens to me. And, and it was really interesting in my story and my journey is God just called me into, like, areas of leadership. And, and I remember years ago, Christy and I were, were just serving together in a church, and I was working with college students. And, and one day I was just meeting with this, this guy, Brandon, and, and he was just asking questions about life. And so we were just, we were just kind of riffing about life and leadership and Jesus. And, 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 and all of a sudden it, was like, it struck me that as I'm talking to Brandon and sharing thoughts and insights, like, Brandon was listening to me. And I remember I got home and I was processing that with Chris, Christy. And, and Christy just said these words. She says, well, Joel, that's because your words have weight. And it was like the first time in my life I felt like I, I can actually impact another person with what I choose to share. And, and what was really interesting is that Christy used the phrase, Joel, your words have weight, because her words had weight in my life. And it was really cool this week, just out of the blue. It's been like 12 years. Brandon just sent me this random message on Instagram. I hadn't talked to him in a long time. And he was just like thanking me for that period of life together. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's, like, it's full circle. Like the words of boomerang. Now he, the words I spoke to him, he's now giving them back to me. Like we have this ability with our words. Our words matter. Not only do they have weight in other people's lives, but check this. Our words have weight in our own lives. Look at what the proverb says about this. Proverbs 18:21 It says, the tongue can bring death or life. And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You know anyone like that? Jesus picks up on the weight of these words too. Look at what Jesus says about this, Matthew 12. Jesus says, and I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Talk about significance of our words. Some of us are like, I got to delete this off my profile page right now. <laughs> like, like, I mean, it just should give us pause how we use our words. Our words matter. They have weight in other people's lives, but our words are going to have an impact in our own life too. They're going to come back. <laughs> and see, our words matter because they're more than just mere sounds that come out of our mouth. There's more than just scribbles we put on a page or characters we type online. Like, our words matter because... They flow from the core of who we are. Have you ever just like like gone like like 
I'm an introvert, so sometimes I'm hanging out by myself, and I rarely get bored, because there's just a world of thoughts I get to spend my time in. And I was just like, I was reflecting on this, how interesting language is. Like, how interesting is this moment that I'm forming these sounds that come out of my mouth, and because we share the same language, you understand what I'm saying. Like, I can formulate a picture and a thought in my head and make these and then suddenly you understand what I'm saying. Or I could take scratches on paper and put it down and then hand it to you, and you could know my mind and my heart. Like, words are amazing, our ability to communicate like that. And so, so it matters what we say. Our words have weight, and they can shape lives. And so I love, what again, what the Proverbs says about this, Proverbs 18.4. It says, our, it says, wise words are like deep waters, and wisdom flows from the wise like a bubbling brook. Like, our words come from the depth of who we are. Look what Jesus says about this. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. And an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And what you say flows from what is in your heart. And so what's interesting to me about this is like maybe we could actually leverage this for good. Like maybe we can leverage this by, by being mindful of what words are coming into our lives because those are the words that will shape us and flow out of our lives. That maybe we can actually seek to become people that can use words to do good in this world, to do good around the people around us, and let it shape the world around us. Because if the words flow, if our words flow from the depths of who we are, then it matters that we get the right words in us. That we get good and true words in us, so those are the words that begin to flow out of us. See, if our words can bring life or death, then shouldn't it matter that we're getting words of life in us so that words of life then begin to flow from us to the people around us? And if Jesus is the one who has the words of life, then doesn't it make sense that we should be getting his words in us so his words begin to not only shape us but flow out of us to the world around us? Because Jesus says what you say flows from who you are. It flows from your heart. And so I love that in the story, it's, it's those who were closest to Jesus in that moment who shared those words of hope and invitation to Bartimaeus. It was those who were closest to Jesus that understood, they took up his catchphrase and they used it to invite Bartimaeus to him. Because the closer you are to Jesus, the more you will begin to look like him and act like him and reflect him and show him and share him to the world around us. And Jesus said that this is what should happen as we begin to look to him and let him guide us and lead us in life. Jesus says this in Luke 6.40. He says, students are not greater than their teacher, but the student who is fully trained will become like the teacher. And I love that, that, that the goal of following Jesus isn't simply to, to admire him. The goal of following Jesus is to become like him. And so the more we look to him and lean in and listen to him and let him guide us, and the more we follow after him, the more we should become like him to the world around us. Like his ways become our ways, and his thoughts 
become our thoughts and his words become our words. Which means that if Jesus has words of life and they're shaping us, we can share those words of life with others to help shape their story and their journey. And so I want to I wrestle with this with a couple of questions for you to think through in your journey, wherever you're at in this journey of following after Jesus or discovering who he is, to help us realize that we can use our words that have weight to impact other people in the same way Jesus' words can impact and shape us. And so here's, here's the first question, and it's just kind of a simple question, but here we go. Are Jesus' words in you? As you just think about who Jesus is and the things that he said and the things he taught, like are his words in you? Because again, it's one thing to admire Jesus. It's one thing to look to him as like a good example of what a good person looks like. And obviously he's a role model in that way. But it's a totally different thing to go beyond simply admiring him. Because Jesus actually calls us to follow him. To follow him so that we can grow and learn and become like him. And that, that's actually what it means to be Christian. The, the word Christian was first used of the followers of Jesus. If you read through the history of their lives in the book of Acts, like it was first used because here were these people that were talking about this Jesus and letting him shape their life and they were becoming like him. And they didn't know, like in the first century, they didn't know what to call this new group. It was like this weird group of people that, that didn't have other gods and they only had this one Jesus. And so they began to call them Christians back in the day. And it wasn't necessarily a friendly term. It was maybe a derogatory term, but you know what the term meant? Like Jesus. Oh, here's these people that are like him. And then they took it as a badge of honor. Yes, I want to be like him. And then they actually shaped the world around them because they were being like Jesus. And so that's what it means to be Christian. And so the question for us is, are, are we letting his words, if we're going to follow him, shape us? And are his words in us so that it shapes who we're becoming? You see, one of the ways this happens is by getting his words in our lives. I love how Paul writes this, Colossians 3.16. He says, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. And so, are his words in you? Maybe you're like, well, how, how, does, that, how does that happen? I'll give you a clue. Here they are. If you're just curious, how do I get his words in me? Start with the, the four accounts of the life of Jesus. We call them the Gospels. Gospel means good news, the good news about Jesus. If you don't have a Bible, it's really easy. Amazon.com. If you're like, well, I don't know if I can afford one. If you've got a smartphone, it's called the version app. Y-O-U version A-P-P app. <laughs> and it's a totally free resource that's on your phone. And it's this powerful tool that will help you get into the stories in this book so you can begin to get Jesus' words in you. And, and the goal of it isn't to like create like a legalistic rhythm in your life, like i got to read my Bible today, I'm a bad No, 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 the goal is to, to just get to know him. And in getting to know him so that his words begin to shape who you are. And it's a beautiful thing. And so the goal of reading the Bible isn't to get good at reading the Bible. The goal of reading the Bible is so that Jesus can begin to shape your life. And to begin to change who you're becoming as you listen to his voice and respond to him. And a beautiful thing begins to happen as his words get in you you begin to become more like him. 
And we get into the words, we get into the Bible so we can encounter Jesus and let Jesus begin to do amazing things in our story. And then his words are in us and they shape us. And then what we're pouring into us begins to be what pours out of us to the world around us. So here's another question as we're wrestling with this. Not only are, are the first question, are Jesus' words in you, but do Jesus' words flow through you? Like, are, are they spilling out into your conversation? And I'm not talking about, like, being that weird Christian who's, like, quoting Bible verses in the King James that no one's understanding. I, I'm just meaning, like, are the good things that God is doing in you, that Jesus is doing in your life, just kind of flowing into the world around you? Like, like is he having a positive influence in your life so much so that who he is is flowing out of who you are? to the world around you. Because what's so cool about encountering Jesus is that he can change your life. That's why Jesus says, take heart so many times. Take heart, I'm here. Take heart, I'm a part of the story. Take heart, I'm in the journey now. I'm with you, I'm for you, I have a life for you. Let me meet you wherever you're at and do something in your life. And yet what's so amazing is that those same words that can change us can be words that can change another person's story too. Which is why we're invited to share his words with other people. To come to another person and say, hey, take heart. I know this is hard. I know what you're going through is crazy. I know it's not fair. It doesn't feel right. I know the world is hard. But take heart. There's someone in the story who can help you. He's doing something in my life. I would just love for you to get the chance to meet him too. It's not aggressive. It's not in your face. It's just sharing what we've discovered as we share his words with other people. I love it because when you begin to encounter me, it changes your story. I love what like Isaiah, this ancient prophet, says about this. He says, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of the messenger who brings good news. The good news of peace and salvation. The news that the God of Israel reigns. Like we get to share this with people. And so like who in your life is maybe like Bartimaeus? And because you're closer to Jesus right now than they are, maybe Jesus is saying, I want to I call you to call them to meet me. Like, I want to call you, to use my catchphrase, to encourage them to come to me. And see, as a church, we get to do this all the time. As a church, that's why, like, our our mission, our purpose for existing is to help others encounter new life in Jesus by loving people the way Jesus loves all of us. That's why we exist as a church. And the way we share that love is that oftentimes it's through our lives and the things we do for people, but also the way we share that love is by speaking words of life and words of hope and words of freedom and words of truth because love has a voice and it invites people to come close to Jesus. And I don't know, have you ever experienced that? Have you ever experienced that where somebody used, had words of life and encouragement that just dripped Jesus and you just needed to hear those words on any given day. That's a gift. And have you ever been able to share those kinds of words with another person who was just hurting or needed help because the words of Jesus were flowing through you into that person's story? That's a gift. And see, as a church, we get to do this a couple of ways, a couple of kind of big ways that we do this, that the words of Jesus flow through us as a church. We get to do this every time we gather as a church, and we get to do this everywhere we scatter as a church across the world. And I love that. 
So when we gather together week in and week out, whether it's in our Sundays or the courses we do or our small groups or the things that we're doing, the reason we gather is because we want to do one thing really well. We want to love people so they encounter Jesus because we want to proclaim Jesus in this world because he's the one who changes stories. And so when we show up here on a Sunday, Sunday is not about giving a TED Talk. Sunday is not about giving a self-help seminar. Because if I could figure it out on my own, I wouldn't need Jesus. I don't know about you. I haven't been able to figure it out on my own yet. I need help, and his name is Jesus, and we realize he's the answer. And so when we share Jesus, we're sharing the one who can change another person's story just like he's changing ours, just like he's changed the life of his first follower. And when you look at the stories of Jesus, you see how he changed lives, so much so that they shared the message and it echoed through 2,000 years to here we are talking about it today. Like, I, I love one of the stories in John's account of life of Jesus. In John chapter 6, Jesus is talking with his followers, the, the broader group of followers, and he's saying some things that are hard to understand, but at the same time, he's kind of challenging their religiosity in the first century context. And he's really challenging them that unless God's at work in the story, you can't save yourself. That's kind of the message he's saying. And it really upset some of the people. Some of us actually offended some of them because they thought they were good people on their own. And so Jesus just like, like, like basically says, like, is this too hard for you? And some of them actually stopped following him and left. And so then Jesus turns to his core group, his followers. And, and Peter was one of those guys. And, and Jesus says, do you guys want to leave too? And I love Peter's response. I don't know where else I'm going to go. Like, you've got the words of life. Like, I, I'm not, I, I don't know if I fully understand everything you're saying, Jesus, but I know enough about you that I know I need you, so I'm in. Because Peter realized, I found what I'm looking for. Jesus, you're the one. Later in John's account, Jesus is trying to encourage his followers right before he's going to the cross. And, and he's talking about how I'm going to go and prepare a place for you. And and, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I'm going to come back so that we can be together. And one of his followers just says, we don't, where are you going, Jesus? We don't know the way to where you're going. And Jesus' response are these beautiful words. And he says, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. And these are beautiful words because Jesus doesn't say these words to be exclusive. Jesus says these words to be hopeful to anyone who's looking for it. Like, hey, when you find me, you found what you're looking for. It's this beautiful words that, so like when we come together, it's like the reason we talk about Jesus is because he's it. He's the one who's changed our story. Like I, sometimes I just feel like, I, I feel like I'm Jimmy Fallon at the start of the Tonight Show. Have you ever watched that? Like as he just kind of comes out and the audience is clapping and it just, what he says is like, this is it. You made it. You found it. That's what I feel like sometimes when it comes to Jesus. Like, hey, we found him. His name's Jesus. We want to share him with you. And it's just so amazing when we get to do that as a church. Every week. You know, we get to do this like 52 weeks a year? We get to help people encounter Jesus. Every time we gather, we get to share his words, his catchphrase, because there's hope in this world. And it's not simply when we gather. Everywhere we scatter, we get to do it too. Because it's not just us collectively as a church. It's when we're his church in the world around us, and we get to share the message of Jesus. It's so interesting to me in this story how Jesus chose to say to those closest to him about Bartimaeus, hey, tell him to come here. And again, I, just, I look at that and I'm like, Jesus, wouldn't it just be easier if you did it? Have you just ever wondered that in another person's story? 
She says, why don't you just show up and change it for them? And I, like, I, I honestly, I have a lot of questions that don't have answers yet. And so when I finally get to be with them, I'm, I have my list of questions I'm going to ask. Just like, help me understand this, and help me understand this. And yet I wonder if it's going to be like Job, if you read Job's account, that story where he's like, life goes really bad for Job, and then at the end he just sees God in all his glory, and he's like, hey, these don't matter anymore, I just want you. It probably will be like that, but until then I still have some questions. And so some of my questions are like, Jesus, I don't, like, why, why do you use us? Because honestly, we're kind of lame sometimes, and we mess it up, and we're fumbling and stumbling, and yet it just seems like if you would just show up in their story, then, then like, like, just skip the middle people <laughs> and do it. And yet I think the reason Jesus likes to use us is because he wants us to be a part of the adventure with him. Because let me tell you, Christianity gets boring fast when all it is is show up and sit down. But when you get to take yourself and all the mess and <laughs> and yet realize that Jesus is like, I got you, I love you, I want to transform you, keep stumbling after me and we're going to figure this out, but I want you to be a part of the adventure and I want to use you to help change another person's life like when you get to be a part of someone else's story when you get to see what he wants to do in another person's life and you got to be a part of that oh that's when this becomes an adventure that's when you realize like I, i'm in I'll, I'll i'll go wherever you tell me to go i'll be whoever you need me to be in whatever place you send me wherever i scatter i want to be your person because i want to be a part of this adventure because if you can use me to change another person's story i'm in let me tell you, there's no greater joy as a follower of Jesus than getting to be a part of someone else's homecoming. And that's what we get to do. And even though I got a list of questions, I'm so grateful that he uses a guy like me to be a part of the journey with him. I'm so grateful that he uses a church like us to be a part of the story with him. Because we get to be on mission with him. And so as we look at Jesus' catchphrase, I want to just ask you to consider a couple of things right now. This idea where Jesus would say to us, wherever we're at in our journey, in our story, take heart. Where do you need those words to meet you? Where do you need Jesus to meet you in your story today? Maybe it's something going down in your family. Maybe it's a health thing. Maybe it's something you're wrestling with. Maybe you're just uncertain about your future. Maybe you just got hurt and bitterness and anger and you need him to speak life of freedom, words of freedom to you. I just want to encourage you, Jesus, I, I need you in my story. I, I've been following Jesus for a long time in my life, and what I've come to realize is that I'm still going to need Jesus in my story. Tomorrow, the next day, a year from now. And he's so good to be a part of our story. So where do you need Jesus to show up right now? Where do you need him to say to you, take I've overcome the world. And then who is in your life right now, who is in your story that needs to hear those words? And they need to hear them from you as you come close and invite them to come close to the one who's changing your story. See, that's the adventure of following Jesus. Friends, it's not just for us. It's for everyone. And so, Lord, we're here. 
We're here because I, I love the analogy that someone used once. Just finding you, I just, I just feel like a beggar who's found the bread, and I want to share it. Like, here's the goods. And so would you continue to meet us in our needs and transform our life? And would we echo that to the world around us? Because you are too good to keep to ourselves. So Lord, here in this place, we declare that we need you now to come and give us life because we trust in you. And may we be a people that shares that with the world around us. Amen, amen. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.